local and uh, we are again live in uh, my office and um, I'm here to share the word with you tonight so it's great to have uh, Gospel and Bridgebury and others from different congregations meeting tonight with us to hear the word and uh, to, to really grow in our walk with God at this time. Um, I just really want to apologise to those that were on Zoom this morning. Um, obviously the sound quality coming from uh, the office here was pretty poor uh, on the first side of Zoom. Thankfully by the second time round we managed to get things sorted out. Um, so please feel free to join with us on Zoom next Sunday. If you've not been joining with us and you're part of Family Church in Gospel um, or you're in Bridgebury, uh, you have the opportunity of joining with us every single week and we would absolutely love to have you uh, come along, join us at 10 o'clock uh, for half an hour and then we go off and uh, we listen to the message from Porter Central and uh, then obviously we join straight back onto Zoom again uh, to have that time of fellowship and connection with each other. So. Um, apologies for this morning's poor sound quality. It is sorted, so please come back, join us next week, and um, we'll just continue to have that time of fellowship. Uh, you may be tuning in for the first time tonight, or you may have been on the journey. Um, we are looking currently at the fruit of the Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, and what makes a difference in our lives moving forward as we allow God to minister his life through us. Um, remember, we are, he is the vine, we are the branches, and we produce fruit. That fruit comes from the main root that is Jesus Christ, and we're connected to him. So tonight, I guess, um, we're, we're looking at the second fruit of the Spirit, which is joy. We could call it outrageous joy. We could call it limitless joy. But it is the joy of the Lord in our hearts that makes all the difference to our lives. I guess we've probably all been around people um, who live their lives as if they've just lost the winning ticket on the lottery. And they go around with a gloomy face and uh, a really grumpy demeanour. Or we know people who are bowed over and it looks like they're carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. And we've probably been around those kinds of people who, who, who seem to have a smile and see the silver lining and see the best in every situation. Equally, both can be quite frustrating. But tonight I really want to talk about what it means to have the joy of the Lord in our life. That's not con connected to circumstances, it's not connected to things going well or bad, but actually we can draw from the wells of salvation in our life in any given situation. So let's turn in our Bibles again and look at the fruit as it's described in the book of Galatians chapter 5. So we're going to read from verse 22-23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. I love this opening line, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit we in our natural selves can do what we can try and do and there are great people in the world who who have great patience or they seem to be very loving or they seem to have a, a, a an inspirational kind of joy or and that's produced by their natural selves their natural person 
But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. Not just ordinary love, not just the, the kind of love that we would naturally have. But it's a divine love in all its varied expressions. It's a joy that overflows. It's not just a, a joy that, well, I'm happy, really. My face doesn't look it, but hey, I am happy. No, no, no. This is, it's a joy that overflows, a peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue or goodness, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit or self-control. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. There is meant to be a limitless joy, an over, what is it the word says, and a joy that overflows in limitless proportions in our life. So tonight we're going to talk about the subject of joy, the joy produced by the Spirit of God in the life of a believer. There is a limitless joy that continues to overflow. Why? Because we are now a new creation, created in Christ Jesus. And that new creation, you may have been, you may have, you may be, you may have circumstances that come against you. You may be difficulties or problems in your life. But the fact of the matter is, the joy of the Lord is the thing that continues to sustain you. Happiness is something that is reliant on circumstances. Joy is a force deep down on the inside of who we are produced by the Holy Spirit in our life. You may be saying, well, I know what joy is. I, I know what I, I know if I won the winning lottery uh, jackpot win, I, I would be so happy. I, there would be happiness in my life. You ask many of those who have won the lottery how happy they are. Or whether it creates a, a sense of, of sadness in their life. Let's go to the dictionary de definition. The dictionary definition says this. Happiness. This is what this is about joy. Happiness, delight, pleasure, excitement, gladness or merriment. Well, I guess the dictionary only knows a certain amount. Because the Bible gives us a greater definition and a greater understanding than what mere man could ever say. This three-letter word, joy, has incredible power. And I want us to look at, sometimes to, to help us understand something better, it's better to look at what it's not, so it enables us to understand what it truly is. So we're going to look at it the, 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 in the reverse way, if you like, tonight. Joy is not solely an expression of happiness. Happiness is a feeling and it can change. I guess it changes like the weather. It can change with our emotions. It can change on the circumstances. Happiness, you can be happy one moment and the next moment completely down in the dumps. Why? Because happiness is based on circumstances and situations around us. Happiness is an emotion. And it's totally dependent on, on good things happening to enable you to live in that position of happiness 
for any length of time. If the circumstances change, so does your happiness change. The word happiness, I thought this is really interesting, the word happiness is found in the Bible just 26 times. The word joy or rejoice is found 330 times. Incredible. Why? Because the Bible wants us to live with an incredible sense of joy in our life. So joy is not an expression of happiness, a full expression, solely an expression of happiness. Joy is not just an enthusiastic feeling. You know, sometimes when you're going around in life and, and you're just feeling a bit down, I, I, David understood this. And he, he, he would speak to himself and say, Soul, why are you downcast? Why are you struggling at this moment? And he would address himself. And sometimes we, we need to pick ourselves up by the shoelaces and say, brush ourselves off and say, I'm going to get on and I'm going to live my life to the full, to the full expression of God's desire for my life. But that's not always easily done. You know, we can pump ourselves up. I'm going to have a better day today than I did yesterday. I'm going to live in my, my, my present rather than live in my past. But if your past keeps on coming after you and overtaking you, guess what? It's not long before you're falling back into past habits, past mindsets, past bondage, past captivities. And then you, you struggle again with this mo momentum in building forward and living with more than just an enthusiastic feeling of being happy or joyful. Joy is not just based on enthusiastic feelings. Joy is not just or solely dependent on good circumstances. Remember James. I love the, the book of James. You know, when you couldn't get anyone closer to who Jesus to Jesus than his half-brother James. And James wrote some incredible things to the church. And he and, and he says this in James chapter one, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can. That's an amazing passage of scripture. I'm going to read it again because I need, we all need this to drop down into our heart to become a revelation. See, James is not saying here, be happy. He's not saying, well, you, you, can, you can experience this emotion of, of hysteria. No, he, he's saying, look, my fellow believers... When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, and you may be sat there right now saying, you don't know what you're saying. I have got this difficulty. I've got that difficulty. My children are causing difficulties. I've got financial difficulties right now. I've got health situation difficulties right now. And you listen over and over all the difficulties that you got. James says, look, when you're facing nothing but difficulties, when you fall into diverse testings testings and trials of your faith see it is an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can for you know that when your faith is tested it stirs up a power within you to endure all things so when we go through times of difficulty times of testing times of pressure times when when things are just coming against you James here says, 
dig deep. Release joy. Release the power within you that's going to enable you to come through this. Not without knowing you've gone through a trial. Not without knowing that you've gone through a difficulty. But coming through with the joy of the Lord. Be in your strength knowing that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That he who has overcome now lives in you. You are more than a conqueror. And you can live with a joy rising up on the inside of your life right now. In the midst of your circumstances, right now, we can have a joy and, and experience the greatest joy you can. See, joy isn't dependent on circumstances but happiness is imagine this a bit of a, a bit of a, a scenario imagine you scored the equaling goal in a world cup final it was your goal it was at the end of extra time and it then had to go to penalties you score the goal that keeps your team in the game you are so happy oh you've scored the goal your, your, your teammates, oh, they're so happy. The stadium are, are, are screaming your name. In fact, the nation that you've come from, is you're declared a national hero. Why? Because you scored a penalty that now takes you through to a penalty shootout in the World Cup final. Everybody else has taken their penalties and it's a draw. And it's down to you to take the final penalty. Oh, you felt like a million dollars. You felt like you're the best thing in the world. You're so happy. You step up to take your penalty. You run to take your penalty to slot it past the goalkeeper. And as you do, you slip, stumble, and the ball just trickles in front of you. And the goalkeeper just walks out and picks it up. Oh, you've gone from hero to villain. You've gone from happiness to despair. Why? Because it's all connected to circumstances and happiness is based on circumstances. You've gone from the happiest man on the pitch to the unhappiest man on the pitch. You've gone from a national hero to a national villain and everybody's calling for you to be sacked from the team. The truth is... You can't catch joy. You release it. Joy is, a, is one of the, the fruit of the Spirit. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ and you accepted in Him into your life, Jesus didn't come in part. He came in His fullness. It says, of His fullness we have all received. You've not received a little dab of joy. You've received all his joy. See, sometimes we walk around and say, well, I've got to grow in patience. You have, if of his fullness we have received, you've received patience like Jesus experienced patience. Faith like Jesus walked in faith. Long-suffering like the Father is with you and I. Joy just like he had. It was for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. That's the same joy that is in our heart tonight, right now. A joy that is inexpressible and full of glory is filling, has filled your heart. So I guess we need, if we can't catch it, if we can't grow it, we need to release it. 
out of the wells of, found, of, of, of the wells of our salvation. What is joy? Joy is a fruit of the newborn spirit. And that joy that is within us lives. It's a living joy. It's an ever-flowing joy. Regardless of circumstances, regardless of difficulties, regardless of pressure, regardless of surroundings, the joy of the Lord is there in your heart continually. Joy flows. Remember, if you're connected to the vine and we are the branch, if our life is connected to the vine, the life that is in the vine or the sap that is in the vine or the joy that is in the vine will also be found in the branch. And if it's found in the branch, the fruit of joy will be produced in our life. See, whatever is in the vine will be found in the branch. You can't have a vine growing and the life that is in the vine growing up from the vine part of the you can't have something different in the branch. What is in the vine is in the branch and it produces the fruit. Listen to these things. Jesus has just been teaching this in John chapter 15. He's been teaching about, I am the vine, you are the branch. He who is in me bears much fruit. He, he just, he's just gone through the whole teaching. And then in verse 11, he says these things. These things I have spoken to you. So what things? The things that Jesus has just been talking about, the vine and the, and the branch, the fruit that comes from our life. These things I have spoken to you. Why? That my joy, the joy that Jesus has, that my joy might remain in you. That the joy that Jesus had may remain in my heart, in your heart tonight. That his joy, not something that we manufacture, not, not something we work up, not something that we, we have to read the word and get over and over and so I, I get more full of joy and oh, I'm bouncing. No, no, no. Here it says, these things I've spoken to you, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then my joy will remain in you and that your joy may be full. I love that. Oh, if I remain in him and his words abide in me and I'm, I'm one with him and he's one with me, then his joy remains in me and my joy will remain full. Not half full. Not on the dregs, but actually full, and according to the word, full and overflowing. I want my joy to remain in you, Jesus said. I want my joy to remain in you. The joy of your salvation. See, if we had nothing else given to us, if there was nothing else that came our way, there is nothing greater than the joy of our salvation, knowing that he saved me, forgave me, and has given me new life and a new creation connected to him. If there's nothing else on earth that he ever gave me, that would be enough for the joy of my salvation. But as we know, he gives us many other things and we count those blessings that he brings into our life. He gives us a joy that goes beyond natural comprehension. It is a joy, it's the joy of heaven in the hearts of man. 
I love that. As I, as I wrote that down, I thought, oh, I just so that. I so love it. It is the joy of heaven sown into the hearts of man. That is what we have. So joy really is an attitude. It really is. If Depending on your perspective on life and how you view things, joy is an attitude. Again, I want to read this passage from James. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, so there is, for, for, for the, the, James was writing this to the churches that were facing persecution. They were being beaten. They were having their families taken off into prison. They, they saw their loved ones stoned to death in the street. He said, my fellow believers, his heart is going out to them. He's expressing his heart's desire. And he says this is a faith statement over their life. When it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties. Can I, can, can I encourage you? Can I cause you to dig deep? Can I encourage you to look up to heaven and see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy you can? For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up a power within you to endure all things. Oh yeah, it didn't say get out of all things or escape those things. He said, look, there are things that are going to be sent to test and to, 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 to test and to take you through. But he said, but the power, the, the joy of the Lord and the things of the spirit in you will enable you to endure these things and keep trusting right the way through. Joy is that product of the new creation that's been created in Christ Jesus. I'd like us to take a look at an example. Because Paul and Silas knew what pressure really looked like. They understood what it was to become an under persecution. They knew what it was like not to have the pleasures that we perhaps have in many senses today. And they were out preaching of the love of Jesus. They were out preaching and telling people to repent of their sins. They were out telling a hostile world. We say, well, we live in that today. But yeah, they were out telling them. And it says in Acts chapter 16, verse 23, the judge went along with the mob. The mob was stirring up issues and problems. And the judges went along with the mob, had Paul and Silas's clothes ripped off and ordered a public beating. After beating them black and blue, they threw them into the jail, telling the jailkeeper, put them under heavy guard so that there would be no chance of escape. He did just that. He threw them into maximum security cell in the jail and clamped, uh, and clamped leg irons on them. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. It amazes me to try and get people along to a prayer meeting sometimes. Ah! I think it, uh, here they are, they are beaten black and blue, they are stripped naked, they, they've been beaten, they've been clamped in leg irons, they're in the middle of a prison and they are praying and declaring and singing. Oh, that we would have the heart that we see here in Paul and Silas. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn 
to God. They knew that the joy of the Lord was their strength. And it goes on, it says the other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. I bet they couldn't. Then without warning, there was a huge earthquake. The jailhouse tottered. Every door flew open. All the prisoners were loose. Startled from his sleep, the jailer saw that the doors were swinging loose on their hinges. Assuming that all the prisoners had escaped, he pulled, pulled out a sword and was about to do himself in. Figuring he was as good as dead anyway, when Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody has run away. The jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He, he led them out of the jail and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? To really live. They said, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you'll live as, if you, as, as you were meant to live. And everyone in your household. What an incredible event. I, I can't even say, oh, what a lovely story. What an incredible event. Here, Paul and Silas lead the jailer into a realisation and revelation of who Jesus was. And they said, he says, sir, what must I do to be saved? To really live. He knew that he wasn't really living. He was existing. There are many Christians who are existing. They, they, they live in a compromised, half-hearted, couldn't, couldn't, could take it, could, could leave it kind of attitude. But he says here, what must I do to be saved? To really live. Peter says, put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Family Church, Gospel Bridgemary and anybody else that may be listening tonight. Can I encourage you tonight to put your entire trust in the Master Jesus? And then that same promise that Paul is making, then you'll live as you were meant to live. Oh, can you imagine, church? If we began to live like we were meant to live. I believe there is a generation of Christians that is rising at this time. Who will live as they are meant to live. And everyone in his household included. Joy is an attitude of heart. It's a byproduct of the new creation. It's the outworking of the Holy Spirit living in you. Oh, you know, I hear sometimes people, I want to do miracles. I want to do this. I want to do that. But they walk around with the face of thunder. Who's going to listen to the face of thunder? But I tell you, when we allow the Spirit of God to begin to lift up our hearts and lift up our countenance, something powerful is going to take place in our lives. Here, the circumstances were dire. Naturally speaking, they couldn't have got any worse. Two men beaten, stripped naked, humiliated, thrown in the inner prison and put in stocks. And yet they were rejoicing in their God. Joy isn't dependent on circumstances, but it's a byproduct of being connected to God. Joy is strength. You know, I was, I phoned uh, uh, James, Leah's dad, 
in the week and also spoke to Sylvia, Sylvia Gilbert, the lady who would come on her mobile scooter. Both of them are in nursing homes at this time because uh, of their health situations and, and being close to end of life. And, you know, it's, it's sad in one sense, but speaking to them on the other hand, I just came away so encouraged because of their faith and their connection to God and knowing that the joy of the Lord was their strength. Sad that they may leave that this earth in a not too distant future. But they know where they're going. They have a joy because, because Jesus has placed that joy in their heart and transformed their lives. I just sat there listening to James as he chatted and we talked to and fro and, and the same with Sylvia. You know, it, it was a long conversation. But I came off that phone infused with joy on the inside of the things that I heard and the conversations that I had. They understood that the joy that they have received is connected to the salvation and their walk with God. Listen to this tonight. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10. We couldn't, couldn't not have this scripture in here. And in verse 10 it says, And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before the Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. There may have been circumstances, there were things that were going wrong around, and they were feeling dejected, they were feeling sad. Another translation says, and, don't, and do not worry or be grieved and depressed, for the joy of the Lord is your strength and stronghold. Oh, when we get a hold of this, when we receive it and begin to outwork it in our life, what a difference this will truly make in our future. The truth is, we all need to stand up on the inside at times and give God a sacrifice of praise. The truth is, we all do face unique battles to our own personal lives, those things that are around us, or those things or pressures within us, the circumstances before us, those things that are trying to crush us. But God's advice is this. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. He doesn't say rejoice in all things. He, he didn't say rejoice for those things that happen. He said rejoice in the Lord Rejoice in God. Take your focus off the issue and focus them on him. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. I, I'm going to finish and conclude here. Because there are people who walk around and they're lost or struggling. They, they may have experienced pressure or, or, or difficulties in their life. And right now, you know, some may be without God and, and without hope in this world. There may be others who are Christians and they've been walking around and things just haven't gone right for you. And, and it's beginning to get on top of you and you're beginning to struggle with those things. Jesus' own disciples experienced the same kinds of pressure of hopeless, hopelessness and confusion, abandonment and loss. And yet Jesus turns their mourning into joy. Listen to this. This is great. We're going to conclude with this scripture. In John Chapter 20, verse 19 and 20. 
Then on the same day of the feast of the week, when it was evening, though the disciples were behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace to you. So Jesus has been crucified. They've hidden. They've they've run for their lives and they are gathered together and they are hiding from the Jews. They're hiding from the Romans. But Jesus suddenly appears in the midst of them. This is beautiful. So saying, he showed, showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy, delight, exultation, ecstasy and rapture. When the disciples saw the Lord. I believe that's key in all of our lives. We need to see Jesus, not as a historic person, yet he was a historic figure. But we need to see Jesus, not just on the cross, but as the risen Lord and Saviour of our lives. Because when they saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. I believe today can be the day when you see the Lord for who he really is. I believe today can be the day when you receive a revelation of his mighty power in your life. He wants your life to be filled with joy, regardless of whatever may be going on your left or on your right. Or what may be ahead of you or what may be behind you. I believe that God wants you filled with the God kind of joy. I said that, that was the last scripture. I'm going to leave this as the very last scripture and we're going to pray and close. First Peter 1 verse 8 and 9. You have not seen Christ, but you still love him. You cannot see him now, but you believe in him. So you are filled with a joy that cannot be explained. A joy full of glory and inexpressible and glorious joy. You are receiving the goal and purpose for your faith. The salvation of your souls. What does the Bible say here? So you, we haven't seen him, yet we love him. We cannot see him, but we believe in him. So you are filled with a joy that cannot be explained and I pray right now wherever you are whichever home whatever neighborhood you may be in right now father may you flood your people with joy a joy that is inexpressible and full of glory father may the well of our salvation may the wells of our salvation may that that you put in us Lord, may it begin to flow from us. I thank you, Lord, tonight for the revelation. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord, that we may comprehend the truths regarding the joy of the Lord, the outflowing, infilling, limitless joy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Let's go into this week as, as, a, as a person, not just with a smile, 
but with an outrageous sense of joy in our hearts. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. I trust that you have an amazing week. God bless you. God keep you. And God protect you in all that you do. Amen.